1: For a while now, the biggest battle setting was whether chains like Walmart were going to be able to compete with what Amazon had been building. It hasn't looked necessarily great, but that might be changing a bit with Walmart announcing a new partnership with Google, which will include ordering items over Google's voice assistant. It's part of joining their online marketplace called Google Express. To see if this may be a winner, we are joined here in studio by Barbara Kahn, a Wharton marketing professor, and on the phone by Mark Cohen, who is director of retail studies at Columbia University. Barbara, as always, great to see you.
2: Yeah, it's fun to be here.
1: Thank you, Mark. Great to have you with us. Good morning. Uh, just your reaction was as this uh, announcement was made, Barbara.
2: I thought it was really good news for Walmart. I'm, I'm always rooting for Walmart, even though they're still the number one retailer in the world. They're hardly the underdog. Right. But people feel like competing against Amazon is a very difficult proposition, and I want to see competition there. And I do think, even though a lot of people are not using Alexa or Siri as much as you might think right now to make purchases, I think in the future, the, the ter- firm that owns the shopping list is the firm that has a big advantage. And as people's beha- behavior's change over time. And the home becomes more connected. And people are more used to talking to Alexa, talking to Siri about what they want. Put this on my shopping list. Turn the lights on. Something like that. Yeah. I think you really need to be in that game. I think it's forward thinking. Mark?
0: Well, I don't mean to be a contrarian, but I don't agree. I mean, it's it is a positive step, but I would say it's a baby step that doesn't necessarily lead anywhere. And the reason I say that is because the intersection of Walmart's customer base and Google's users is so small that this is likely to be insignificant. I'd also point out that the whole idea of Google Express seems to be on uh, very, very thin ice. Uh, Google is representing a whole host of retailers uh, acting as a go-between. but, but. In and of itself, I don't think Google Express has acquired um, a large enough base of customers to uh, to uh, move the needle very much uh, with regard to Walmart.
1: So, so do you think this this has a level uh, of uh, a level of hurt towards Walmart in general, Mark?
0: I don't think it hurts Walmart. I don't think it um, uh, is, is damaging in any way. I just don't think that Walmart's um, uh, Struggle to become more relevant uh, in the Internet space is necessarily going to be um, uh, accretive for them. You know, I think they're, they're going to track down the same road that Macy's has been on, where as their Internet business grows, they find more and more of their legacy brick and mortar customers merely migrate over to the Internet as um, an expression of convenience rather than acquire new customers.
2: But I don't think it's about acquiring new customers. Walmart is still the number one retailer, and I think they need to have the tech platform. And they haven't been able to do that organically, so they've been purchasing it. I think I agree with your point. It's not about the customers. It's not about what Google Express brings. That was more so when they acquired Jet.com. They uh, got a new customer base there. But I do think they need to have in place and forward thinking all the different ways and all the different touch points, potentially, that customers start making decisions for for purchases.
1: So was was Google then the right choice? And I ask that because, you know, a, a lot of people would say maybe they should have thought about going with Apple because of Siri.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now that I don't know. I, I, I can't speak to that right. because I don't know the financials of that situation or one or the other. And right. so maybe Apple would have made more sense. But I think the idea of having the technology and be able to activate that voice um, in, the, in the connected home, I think that's really important. Mark?
0: Well, Apple is certainly a much larger um, uh, opportunity. Uh, it's unclear whether Apple would be interested in that kind of a tie-up. Right. But, but the, the, the issue that, that really rides over this whole matter is that I, I think a good deal of Walmart's customers do not possess or use or wish to use credit cards. And th- that fact stops Walmart dead in their tracks in many respects. From participating in this new marketplace that's emerged um, i would bet that walmart does as much as fifty percent of its business in cash maybe even more than that and and so you know you can't participate in any of this technology without some form of currency other than cash um, so so i think there's an issue here and um, um I I think it's the the elephant in the room that Walmart doesn't seem to be addressing up front. Maybe they're working on alternatives. Uh, You know, back in the day, there was something called COD, where a customer could order something over the phone or through the mail, and when their uh, delivery person arrived, they handed them the cash. Uh, I don't think that anybody... Transacts that way any longer But you
2: know what you're saying I think is interesting Because that's where I think Walmart is ahead of Amazon um, And so we're not mitigating Walmart's tremendous advantage With their stores and their traditional base Which may not be on Amazon Prime either For the reasons that you're saying It's just that if they just built on their legacy And didn't look forward to the future I think that would be a mistake So I, I think that what you're saying makes a lot of sense But I think they also have to look for look Towards how behavior Is radically changing And the idea that there's 24-7 touch points all over the place, and a lot of it comes from the connected home in the future, or the connected car, or something like that, Walmart has to get their foot in the door on that technology. Mark?
0: Well, when you're the biggest in the the space, you're under tremendous pressure to participate in anything that's going on in the space, so I agree with you there. But I just don't think Walmart has a chance of catching up to Amazon as... uh, as many in the uh, investment uh, community have suggested, they have to do to survive. They're not, they're not in any kind of danger here. Uh, they do have to become um, um, more technologically uh, capable. But, frankly, I think the biggest opportunity from a performance point of view is for Walmart to dramatically improve its assortments to be of greater appeal to broader array of customers.
2: Well, certainly Mark Laurie is doing that as well with his acquisitions of all these uh, digitally native vertical brands like Bonobos and ModCloth, et cetera. They're certainly on that. And that's actually... I don't know if I can take the lead on asking the questions here. No, <laughs> go ahead. No. I'm interested in your reaction to that because, you know, they have Andy Dunn coming in from Bonobos and ModCloth and talk about others of these brands that they're buying. And right now, the way I believe that they're incorporating them in is by allowing them to stand alone and be they're not trying to Walmartize them, at least not right away. Um, and I personally think that is a good way to go. I'm wondering what you think about that, because I agree with you. They do need to have these other brands.
0: Well, the, the, the acquisitions that have taken place so far um, don't make any sense one to the next at the moment. They're not, they're not yet forming, in my mind, any kind of a reasonable or rational mosaic. And if they do begin to form um, uh, an attractive mosaic of brands, it's going to be attractive with regard to the jet customer. I just don't get the connection between... Uh, bonobos and Walmart. Well, I that's why
2: they, they're keeping them separate right now.
0: Well, they should keep them separate. If they tried to um, uh, bring them together, there would be a catastrophe. Right, but right. I, that's but I, I agree with that. I don't ever see a connection between bonobos necessarily and Walmart. Now, you know, there may be fifty or hundred more brands that they cobble together that begin to form some rational. Um, um, expression of um, assortment building, but but to date, this looks to me like um, uh, Walmart with bundles of cash throwing darts at a wall that may not even exist.
1: Mark, let me ask you this then. I mean, we've looked at this really from the from the perspective of how w- this is impacting Walmart being tied up with Google. Let's flip the script on this a little bit, because I'm wondering, you know, there, there obviously is, is a benefit for Google with its voice assistant and the potential of building out Google, uh, Google Express more with having the millions upon millions of customers that Walmart has going into their stores uh, each and every week.
0: Well, you know, the the, 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 the numbers would suggest there's opportunity here, but, but remember that the voice-activated uh, pathway that Google's created is a nit compared to where Amazon has gone right. in the last 2 years with uh, their their Alexa device. Right. So, so so I I don't know that Google ever catches up here. Now Google has the search capacity of Enormous consequence. Although
2: Amazon obviously. is, you know, fifty-five percent of all product searches begin on Amazon, not on Google. There's right. no right. question that yeah. Amazon is the behemoth in this room. Yeah. But I can't imagine Walmart not trying to respond in some way. Like I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you know what you're characterizing. But the alternative is to do nothing, and to me, that is not an alternative. If you well, sit I, here and don't move into that connected home space, you're missing the boat.
0: I don't disagree with you at all. I don't. I don't think uh, doing. Uh, I think doing nothing is not an alternative. Right. My criticism is that what they appear to be doing doesn't seem to take the form of a rational, um, a longer-term strategy. It's it's just deals being done by a deal maker who has never put anything. Um,
2: Are you talking um, about Mark Laurie?
0: Yes, I'm talking about. He's Mark put Laurie.
2: together two pretty successful businesses.
0: Or he's he's done he's done extraordinarily well for himself that's about as far as i would willing be willing to go. So,
1: so then what do you think what do you think should have been done if if this is not maybe the the best tie up for uh, for both sides? mark
0: well i think walmart has to decide if it wants to build out walmart.com as its uh, new age new wave alternative to its brick and mortar business uh, or alternatively whether it wants to see that growth come in the form of uh, a different brand called jet uh, I think that uh, it's 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 kind of an either or de- either or decision. I also think that it all will hinge upon product, price, and um, service, which is which is uh, uh, delivery. And and they've given up both Jet and Walmart on a subscription model. They've. Um, um, obviously locked in on price, which is Walmart's uh, DNA, and Walmart's DNA, and Jet's Raison D'etre. Uh, they they have uh, devoted themselves to an increasingly um, attractive fast delivery alternative. This is the Google Express connection. Uh, if they can make sense of that, all well and good. But it all boils down to product first. And all that I see on Jet.com is an aggregation of stuff. Uh, and frankly, Walmart.com feels something like that as well. Uh, they don't have the magic that Amazon's created in the form of a marketplace.
2: Well, I think yeah. that's what they're moving to. I think they really want to try to get to that place of a marketplace. Some people call it a marketplace. Some people call it a platform. Obviously, product is very important. But to some degree, some of the products that you're talking about being purchased here, which makes up, like if you look at the number one, two, three, you know, retailers in the world, Walmart's number one. On lists that I saw, Kroger was number two. You're talking about a lot of grocery, a lot of commodity product. And so the idea here is you want to make these purchases, these frequently purchased That you buy every day where a lot of the money is, even though the margin's not that high on that. You've got to be where people make those decisions. And that's what I mean mean by this notion of you've got to control the shopping list. And people are making that shopping list twenty four seven in their cars, in their house, whenever they think of it. Mm. And you've got to be on that. That's what I think is really important. Let
1: me ask you, Barbara, for a second uh, about Google Express because in in looking at it, uh, cursory yesterday, uh, they have a variety of different companies that they are working with to kind of cobble together a lot of these different products. Seemingly Walmart may have a lot of those products under their own roof so it makes me wonder what the future of the partnership between Google Express and those other other, things, those did, other retailers right. would be, and if those retailers better better watch out. Yeah.
2: I don't know about that, but I agree. A lot of this, and I agree with what was said, is that it's in Walmart's DNA to have low price. So you're going to look for cost efficiencies. Right, right. And that's the other thing that I thought was interesting, although I also agree Bonobos has to be separate. But if you keep all of those add-ons separate, you're sacrificing the cost efficiencies. So you're going right to the idea, of what's, gonna, what's the intersection between Google sure. Express yep. and Walmart, and how do you get the cost out of that system? And I'm not privy to all those details, but I think yeah. you're looking at something that makes a lot of sense. Mark?
0: Uh, you know, the, the Internet is obviously growing double digits. Brick-and-mortar is at best growing single digits. The, um, the, the stasis out in the future is unknown. Um, I don't think the, the uh, technology-driven retail segment is going to overtake brick-and-mortar. Um, make brick and mortar irrelevant.
2: Oh, I, I think, agree with that. I,
0: I think I think in the commodity space, um, which is the everyday products that people consume um, on a constant basis, there's there's tremendous issues with regard to um, any future opportunity to make any money. Um, Amazon has a direct relationship, as you mentioned a moment ago, with um, an enormous number of manufacturers. Um, uh, Google Express is almost exclusively um, um, a business that acts to go-between with retailers. There isn't enough margin to be split three ways. Um, there's barely any margin to be split two ways between Amazon and its suppliers. Amazon, of course, has this uh, this back-of-the-house um, a profit, profitability machine yeah, called AWS. Amazon Web Services, yeah,
2: AWS. which
0: gives them the opportunity to express themselves any way they want. Um, Google has the same kind of a, a profit machine called Search. Um, wa- Walmart has enormous scale. Uh, free cash flow because of its size and scale. Right. But But Walmart, in my opinion is walking down a very uh, dicey road as They encourage their core customers to migrate over to the Internet at the expense of the business they do in their stores. That's not to say they can stick their heads in the sand.
2: But I don't think they're necessarily doing that. I think they're just allowing for all the different possibilities and making sure they don't miss the boat on what the future is. So I don't read this as a move to move all of those people who are on cash or are used to going to the stores into the Internet. I don't see it that way. I see it as a way to try to look towards the future.
1: We're joined in studio by Barbara Kahn of the Wharton School. Mark Cohen of uh, Columbia, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Mark, I wanted to ask you about a story. I I actually mentioned this to Barbara before we started the segment, but... Uh, did you see the story? Uh, I guess it was a few days ago about Walmart and this patent that they filed uh, regarding uh, wanting to build out some sort of uh, of, of flying uh, factory that they wanted to have to be able to to deliver product. Did you see that?
0: I saw that. This is uh, some sort of mothership that would be um, a drone base for delivery to customers. Well, you know, I I think it's reasonable to think that in the next 20, 30, 40 years, um, the electric car will supplant the internal combustion-driven car, and autonomous vehicles will become more or less commonplace. I think at some point in someone's lifetime, individual deliveries will take place via something like a drone. But frankly, I think that um, Walmart is, is devoting itself to a public relations war, that makes it look more stupid than smart, um, you know. Whereas, whereas Amazon, you know, launched this issue of drones. They also leased 42 767s to fundamentally um, give them uh, leverage in their negotiation with UPS and FedEx and others. So, so, so there's there's a dreamscape position here being played by some of these these big players, and there's on-the-ground reality, and the reality is, in my opinion, Walmart has to continue to improve the presentation uh, and performance of its stores. They, they, they did a terrible job in letting uh, their standards slip, so they're getting a lot of that um, back. I think they have to up their game in terms of the actual products they carry and be um, um, you know, tremendously focused on price, but not just cheap and I think that's a cultural issue that they have to overcome. And uh, we'll see how customers shake out. But but there's no way in my mind that Amazon is going to supplant Walmart in brick and mortar and Walmart is going to take on Amazon in the Internet space.
2: Well, I mean, I agree. They come from those, the way you defined it, those positions of strength. But we see Amazon buying Whole Foods, so obviously they think, you know, they have to do, you know, there's not clearly as many Whole Foods as there are Walmarts, and that business is a very small part. You know, you can say it's a knit in, in the grocery yeah. business in the same way you characterized uh, the opposite. But I think both sides have to look to the, the total shopping experience. And I agree, the physical space is very important, and Walmart should not take their eye off the merchandising within their store and make sure their stores are up to snuff, because because for sure, there are many people that will always want to go to the physical store to shop, particularly for groceries. But the shopping behavior is changing, and you need to look on all sides. And I think both of them are doing that.
1: Well, it's interesting. Mark brought up the, the fact that, you know, what the perception of Walmart is now and what it has been in the past and and that is a hurdle that they have to that they have to clear over in terms of the overall consumers that they are trying to reach. I mean it's a challenge for them it's it's still one that they probably are, are battling here today.
2: You mean the low value? Kind? Yeah, exactly. But like I said for some of their customers and as he was saying a lot of the customers are in cash and stuff that low value cheapest price guaranteed lowest price at yeah. Walmart is an incredibly valuable value proposition. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you'll go to Walmart and you'll see something that's cheaper than Amazon. So if price matters to you and it for sure matters to they a lot of They still have
1: millions of people that yeah. wear that. And so I
2: don't think it's a question of supplanting and trying to move all of those people over to, you know, Alexa or something right. like that. I just think that there are people who are shopping differently. And you're seeing it more and more, particularly in the Generation Z, the digitally native customers who yeah. really are used to talking to, you know, Alexa and turning their lights on. That is baffling to me. Why can't you just <laughs> turn your lights on yourself? You know, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing, but it's a different behavior.
1: Mark?
0: Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I think there are some other players out there that we haven't uh, talked about. I would throw out um, that maybe Target has to throw the towel in on food, um, having invested an enormous amount. Uh, their in that numbers space. went
2: up, though, recently, right? They were doing okay.
0: Their, 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 their numbers went up, but I don't think they went up by by virtue of their food business. Mm. Um, and I would also point out that um, I don't think Amazon has finished acquiring um, extensions of their new marketplace, and oh, that's uh, for sure. whereas Whole Foods was a really interesting um, and could be a really wild ride for them, depending on how they, uh, they view that, uh, whether it's a technology play or it's a brick-and-mortar play. Uh, what would really be interesting to me would be a combination between Amazon and Costco, uh, Costco is also one of the biggest retailers in yeah, the world. Yeah, Costco most, is an
2: amazing player. I have enormous respect for Costco. One
0: of the one of the most productive and most profitable. They have the original subscription model that, in many respects, Amazon Prime uh, is modeled against. And they do almost no business on the internet. So you put an Amazon and a Costco together, and yeah, that's scary. Yeah. You start really challenging those folks in Benton.
2: Don't give them any ideas.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, and, and I will occasionally uh, go to a BJ's Wholesale Club, uh, you know, to do some shopping on a variety of things. And, and I guess, Mark, that's going to be a very interesting potential next battlefield that we may be looking at when you're thinking about Costco and BJ's and the influence of Amazon and some of these other players.
0: Well, the the, the indictment I would have of Walmart— uh, which goes way back in my own, in my own head, is that they they have they have a number five uh, player in a two-horse race, um, and that's Sam's Club. Uh, they've never been able to make Sam's Club as powerful as Costco.
2: Yeah, and, that's really interesting. You have insight on why that is.
0: Well, I think it's a cultural thing. I think Walmart is extraordinarily devoted to Walmart and the Walmart model, and they've not been able to um, break out of that mold in a different segment so that they have the suboptimal performance at SAM's. It's kind of a perennial number five. They have uh, struggled internationally, um, though they're enormous internationally. They've never been able to take a commanding position uh, anywhere else in the world like they have in the United States. I, I think this is the problem that, the, that an over-large company with an overbearing, inwardly focused culture has in expressing itself in other channels.
1: is the number if you'd like to join in. Give us your thoughts about this Walmart-Google partnership or uh, retail in general. 844-942-7866. Mark, while while you and Barbara were talking, I actually looked up an article uh, which uh, went over Target's most recent numbers. And uh, the article, just to quote it, it said uh, sales rose in all of its major departments except for food and beverage, which was essentially flat. Walmart reported its best quarterly comparable sales growth in grocery in five years against that same kind of, you know, level playing field. So that kind of gives you a a line exactly to what you're saying, that Target really is not winning the battle where grocery is concerned.
0: I I think they they need to walk away from food. I think they went all in on food, as did Walmart. But to succeed in that um, arena, you have to have every single... Um, gear, wheel, and motor working perfectly. And um, they did not acquire um, a distribution organization as Walmart did, and so their margins are always going to be under pressure for that reason. Um, You know, I I, I think they, they need to get back to what made them famous, which is that ubiquitous Target view that customers had, about a more fashionable and interesting store at very low prices.
1: So, does, um, does 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 do the losses in food that Target is taking on right now do they they would seemingly hurt them more than losses in clothing and other items that they might have in their store? Correct.
0: Well, the 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 difference in gross margin between uh, food products and virtually everything else they sell is enormous.
2: With food uh, being very low.
0: Yeah. Yeah. F- food is a single digit margin uh, business at best with tremendous ongoing price uh, pressure. Uh, not the least of which is coming in the form of these uh, German organizations. But the thing
2: is, yeah, Aldi is a very interesting retailer to watch. But um, the thing about it is I'm not positive I agree with you, Target, although I'm not sure I don't. But the one thing about food, even if you don't make money, is it brings you into the store. And so that might be an issue in the cross-selling kind of aspect. What do you think about that?
0: Well, the rationale for uh, both organizations going all in on food was to drive footsteps.
2: Right, traffic to drive
0: frequency yeah. and recency, so that makes a lot of sense. But having said that, uh, it either it either works you, to your benefit or it doesn't.
2: It's flat and right now. It's not but, lost, but flat. But,
0: well, it's been it's been under tremendous pressure since the outset, uh, and it has, in my opinion, depressed their margin. But but also, I think it's taken their eye off the ball that made them famous. Yeah, uh, and I think that's something they have to confront. You know. You can't win every fight. You know, but the thing is, is with their
2: smaller footprint urban stores. Now, you know that might you may not buy that either, and I don't know what I think about that. But it seems like they've been somewhat successful. A lot of what brings that foot traffic in in those smaller stores is something food related. I mean, you even see CVS and Walgreens go to some food categories to bring people in.
1: Yeah, but I noticed just going off of my experience going to my local Target is the fact, Mark, that the the food items are stuck in the back of the store. I Good mean, reason. well, <laughs> right, but but if you're tr- if you're trying to move that product, yeah. and you want people, you would want it closer to the front of the store. And if you have it stuck in the back, you're not gonna, you know, I mean, people aren't gonna think about it as much.
0: Uh, well, I, this is this is an expression of, um, uh, well, this is this is an old style play. Put your put your bread and and uh, milk right
2: in, in the, the back, back of the, of the store. store,
0: so that your customer has to traverse the entire store to get to the milk. Yeah, and therefore they see what else whatever else you have to sell yeah. so that if, if they put their food up front they might do virtually no business okay. everything else in the store All right. so it's, 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 it's six of one half a dozen right. another. but but at the end of the day i think they have never won the food game or the food fight
2: yeah i don't think they're going to win on it the question is whether there's some strategic aspect to it great to have you both with
1: us thank you mark appreciate your time today you bet. Thanks, Barbara. Great seeing you again. Thanks yeah, thank you for coming in.
2: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit
0: knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.